0: Life isn't always or really never about being the best or winning the gold medal, having the highest salary, the best job position, but it's truly about finding something that you love to do and being on that journey and finding something that you're so passionate
1: about. I'm Amy Jo Martin. Welcome to the Why Not Now Show. You know that thing you've been thinking about doing? Yeah, that one. Why not now? Have you ever actually taken the time to ask yourself, what's stopping me? Let's talk it through. This is your chance to give that idea the attention it deserves and take action. Each episode I have a chat with a fascinating person. From entrepreneurs to athletes, celebrities, my parents, rocket scientists, and all walks of life. We talk through a critical time when they've asked themselves, why not now? We dissect that day or even that moment step by step. I've had a recent why not now moment that I want to share with you. For the past several years after exiting my company, I've had people reach out and ask for help building their personal brands online. Given my background in guiding people like Dwayne The Rock Johnson and many entrepreneurs, athletes, and executives in the past with building their platforms, it's a common thing for people to reach out and, and ask for help. So I've had this idea swirling around in my mind for several months now, and I casually started to map out the structure of a program I could offer, kind of a mastermind, masterclass of sorts. But I found myself hesitating to pull the trigger. And the main reason was that I wanted this to be more than just helping people build their platforms. I knew it had to be more. I knew in my mind and in my heart what it needed to be but I was having a hard time articulating my vision. And maybe I was just a little scared. So two things happened. First, I interviewed Marie Forleo on this podcast. And she said that one of her favorite mottos is, start before you're ready. That really clicked with me. <laughs> and secondly, I reached out to my mentor. And I intentionally sat down with her, Susie Batisse, and discussed my concept with her. I knew that if I started discussing this idea with her, I would hold myself accountable to follow through. And it's odd how my brain works that way, but I knew to not bring this up until I was really ready to green light the idea. So that made me actually press go. And when I did press the go button, it was kind of crazy how easy it was for me to articulate my vision with clarity. Don't you just love how that works? So I've launched the Renegade Brand Bootcamp. Check it out at renegadebrandbootcamp.com. It's an intensive program for driven people who are serious about going from idea to action and investing in building their personal brand and platform online. I know firsthand that by growing your presence and owning your voice, you can gain the freedom to design your own days so you can own your life. This program isn't for everyone, and in fact, the first one is for women only. The next one will be opened up to both men and women. I strongly believe that where passion, purpose, and skill collide, bliss resides. And this program is for people who are living in that intersection or want to be living in that intersection. If learning everything you need to know to execute on your ideas, build your platform, grow your presence online, and own your voice resonates with you, then check out RenegadeBrandBootCamp.com. And if there's one takeaway I've had from going through this process, it is start before you're ready. Imagine. Working towards something for the first couple of decades of your life, and that's all you know, then, at age 22, it all ends. That path is gone, and you have to reinvent a new path. That's what happened to today's guest, Nastia Lukin. She was born a gymnast and went on to win an Olympic gold medal in 2008. Then four years later, she decided to make a run for the 2012 Olympics. After a critical fall off of the uneven bars, she had a why not now moment that gives me chills. Nastia reinvented the vision she had for herself, and then she took action. This woman has grit. She's the entrepreneur of a new mentoring app for female athletes called Be Grander, and she's become quite the online influencer and blogger with a following of more than 2 million people. During this episode, Nastia shares her story, and we talk about everything from navigating a 180-degree turn in your career to the topic of quitting, body shaming, and mentoring. She tells us something that her mom always used to say to her when she wanted to quit, and it's a saying that I've personally used recently, and it's helped me stick with things when I wanted to throw in the towel. We tackle the most taboo topics on the Why Not Now Show. Oftentimes, you're hearing guests share things they've never shared before. In the spirit of things we don't typically talk about, you should know that the Why Not Now Show is supported by Poopery. Yep, the original Before You Go toilet spray, it's magic. My friends at Poopery have literally taken the smell out of, you know what? This pure blend of essential oils stops bathroom odor before it begins. Visit poopery.com and why not now listeners get 20% off with code whynotnow. That's all one word. Also, you can now get Poopery at Target. Nastia, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Good. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. I, I'm excited to have you on the show, and let's dive right in, as we do. In the spirit of why not now, can you tell me yes. about a time when you had a big decision to make and you had to ask yourself, why not now?
0: You know, I think it was probably in 2012, so four years after I won my gold medal at the Olympics, and I decided to try to make my second Olympic team and, you know, a lot of people had different opinions and, you know, I think a lot of people were also kind of like, why won't, why wouldn't you just want to go out on top? You achieved everything you wanted to in the sport. You won an Olympic all around gold medal. That's basically the highest accomplishment and achievement that, you know, you can, Um, accomplish in your sport and and for me it was because I wanted to continue because I truly just love the sport I to this day have so much passion and it has really become a huge part of who I am and it was kind of growing up and it kind of will continue to be I think for the rest of my life that being said I knew that I was going to be at the next olympics you know, no matter what, whether I was on that Olympic team in in 2012, or I was working or watching or, you know, in some capacity, I kind of knew that I would be there. And so for me, it was a no brainer to try to make my second Olympic team. And, and I had a lot of doubters, I had, you know, some supporters, but mostly doubters. And, and again, it was really about, knowing that I wanted to be in London, whether I was on the floor, in the stands, whatever I was doing without any regrets. And so I decided to try to make my second Olympic team. And and I knew it wouldn't be easy. You know, I had taken a few years off after the Olympics to pursue, you know, different opportunities that I had coming my way. And that kind of meant that I had to stop doing all that and start training seven hours a day, six days a week again. And my dad, who, you know, was my coach my entire career, he obviously supported me and said, you know, I'm, I'm on this journey with you, but just know it's going to be even more difficult this time around than it was before. Um, But I was kind of willing to take not only the risk, but know that it was going to be, you know, really difficult. And so on my best event, I made it all the way to trials on my best event, the uneven bars. I came crashing face first on the mat off of a release move. And in that moment, I remember laying there face first thinking, what am I doing down here? And then immediately being so embarrassed, so mortified. I knew that going into that competition, I was the reigning Olympic all around gold medalist. And I had so many expectations and so much pressure on, um, On myself, and I had just disappointed so many people. And so, in that moment, I just there were so many feelings. Obviously, I was disappointed, I was upset, I was mortified, embarrassed. I knew I'd let all these people down. But then I remembered, you know, immediately that my parents always taught me ever since I was a little girl that no matter what you do, you always have to finish what you started. So, I chalked back up, I finished my routine, knowing that, you know, my dreams of making that second Olympic team were completely over. Um, and I landed on my feet, and for the very first time in my entire life and career, I had a standing ovation for the worst routine of my entire career. So I think that, to me, kind of became that defining moment of my life and career, because when I won the Olympic gold medal, sure, people were clapping and cheering and you know supporting me, but the moment that I had in San Jose in 2012, when I literally fell on my face got back up and finished my routine and saw 20,000 people on their feet, really, truly made me realize that life isn't always or really never about being the best or winning the gold medal, having the highest salary, the best job position. But it's truly about finding something that you love to do and being on that journey and finding something that you're so passionate about. Um, And that was gymnastics for me. And in that moment, I knew that as scary as it was, I knew that my time as a competitive gymnast was over. And that was kind of my why not now moment because it was something that defined me as a person for 22 years. And now it was over. And it was scary. It was exciting. It was, again, so many different feelings. But I knew that I was ready to move on with my life. And that meant. You know, I picked up and from Dallas, Texas, I moved to New York, I started school at NYU and, and I began this kind of next chapter of my life, not knowing at all what that was going to look like. I had no idea what was ahead, but I knew that now was kind of the time to do that.
1: I have to share with you, as you were telling the story about being in San Jose, falling and getting back up and finishing, I just got complete goosebumps and, and huh. like body chills because it's just, I can't imagine what was going through your head. And talk about perseverance and just, you no, know, I will finish this. I can only imagine. Was there even any, I'm sure it happened so quickly, in that type of situation in your sport, in some cases, do people just stop and they kind of walk off the mat or Yeah. I mean, you
0: know, I think also, so my dad was right there and everything happened so quickly that he was standing there, but like, he literally didn't even have a chance to catch me because it happened so fast. Like my hands hit the bar to like re-grab the bar. And I just kind of like I was a little too far. So I couldn't catch the bar. And then all of a sudden I was on the ground. And so, you know, the dad instinct in him immediately kicked in and he just wanted to make sure, you know, I'm the only child, the only daughter. So for them, it was just always like safety first, you know, happiness and then gymnastics. And so immediately he just kind of wanted to make sure that I was okay. And I think, you know, he almost just, he, I remember him immediately telling me like, first of all, like, are you okay? Um, and I, and I was, I wasn't injured. I think I was just shocked. And then he wanted to make sure that this was something I wanted to do. And and I think I even remember him being like, you know, you don't have to do this. Like you can, you can just walk away, you can be done. And then I was like, no, I, I can't because I remember, you know, that was kind of always the golden rule was that you have to finish what you've started. And so I had 30 seconds from the time that I landed on the mat until I could restart my routine. If you don't start um, back up in 30 seconds, you're automatically kind of disqualified. You get a zero. (laughs) And so again, like all of those thoughts and emotions and feelings and knowing that like my career was basically coming to an end, like all of that was happening within 30 seconds. And so It was it was a lot. Um, It was a lot to kind of take in. But I, I didn't really have a doubt in my mind that I wanted to finish that routine because I wanted to finish my career kind of on my terms, I guess. And I didn't want to finish walking away because that to me would have been a failure what i did during that routine yes i had a fall yes i didn't make the olympic team maybe for some people they consider that a failure to me that wasn't a failure had i fell and walked off the podium and not finished my routine that would have been a failure but instead getting that standing ovation and just learning so much about life and the journey and And everything, like, I I truly learned more about myself and life in that moment, you know, than any other moment that I've had so far in my life.
1: such an interesting interesting kind of an analogy to think about that being a springboard into your next phase and to your future. The fact that you did get back up and finish because then you have the standing ovation and you probably gained so many fans in that moment because people want to – See so you get back up and succeed, and you know, end on a high note. So it's yeah. it's kind of an interesting, you know, uh, almost an irony that that was probably a springboard into what you were about to do next, whatever it was. Because people, yeah, were it, fans. it it
0: definitely was without even realizing it. Obviously, you know, it was just again everything happened so quickly. I didn't really have time to think, but I think what also really happened in that moment it was so relatable, I think, to so many people now looking back at it, you know, all these years later, when I won the gold medal, that's something that I'll forever be proud of. But it's not something that I think about every day. It's not something that, you know, is relatable to many people. But the moment that I had there, what I realized was that You know, you don't have to be an Olympic gymnast. You don't have to even be an athlete, but we're all going to have moments in our lives where we fall. And whether that's literally or figuratively, we're all going to have those moments and we all have to figure out how do we get back up? How do we finish what we've started? Whether that's a relationship, a a job, you're in school, you know, anything in your life, you're, you're going to have moments where things are challenging and you have to figure out, okay, how do I get over this hump? And so I think to me, that moment kind of also made me realize that, you know, before then it was Sure. You're, you know, you're defined basically by this gold medal. And I think the moment that I had there at trials just made it seem like, okay, you're not perfect. You know, we're all going to have moments of um, disappointment of, you know, whether you think it's failure, however you define
1: those moments,
0: everybody has them.
1: Sure. Yeah. It makes total sense. The relatability without even processing it, you know, if you're in the stands or regardless, it's it's totally there. That I think that's why I got goosebumps, right? It's like, wow, I can just imagine you getting back up. So it's like you had two why not now moments compact into a matter of minutes because the why not now get up and finish, but then, which you had 30 seconds to decide. I mean, we talk about why not now moments on this show of being, you know, tell me about that day, that minute, that hour. Well, tell me about that 30 second window is what you just did. But then after, It sounds like it was a why not now, except that the future is going to be different and that you are now wrapping up this gymnastics career.
0: Yeah. And kind of going into that, I mean, I guess I wasn't really looking ahead too much, but at the same time... I kind of knew whether it was going to end at trials or after the London Olympics. And so, you know, I had taken seven years between when I graduated high school and finally going to college. And I guess part of me was ready, but also like nothing can really prepare you for that kind of transition in life. When you have done something for, you know, 22 years of your life. I mean, both my parents were gymnasts. I grew up in the gym and it really did define who I was as a person, like kind of whether I liked it or not. And so it was a, it was a very challenging transition Then trying to figure out who I was as a person without that in my life, who was just Nastia not Nastia Luke the Olympic gold medalist, you know, not Nastia Luke the gymnast, just Nastia. And so, you know, I had a really challenging few years just trying to figure out who am I? What are my passions? What do I want to do? you know, now that I'm not training seven hours a day, six days a week anymore. And again, it was all these different feelings of, you know, the excitement of the possibilities, yet the fear of not knowing the future. Uh, so it was, it was a lot, it was a lot to take in, um, I guess that first year, but I think everybody goes through those transitional moments, whether it's, graduating college and you're trying to figure out your career or getting your first job or you know whatever it is in your life we're all going to have those transitional phases and moments in our lives and you know regardless of what your past is or regardless what you're transitioning from it doesn't make it any easier.
1: Yeah and let's dive into that a little bit because it's I think it's highly relevant to so many of us and to listeners who have a why not now idea of completely changing gears in their yeah. career. Maybe they're starting their own company. Maybe they're taking a side hustle to the next level. And, and this concept of kind of reinventing yourself. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and I use this analogy a lot of we place our ladders against a certain wall and we start climbing that ladder. And then sometimes we realize I actually want to Put my ladder against a different wall, you know, so it's leaning it like moving it completely and, and starting at that bottom uh rung again. So how did you literally kind of navigate the time period from when you were done in 2012 and figuring out what you wanted to do next? Like what did that process look like? Did you write things down? Did you talk to people?
0: I mean kind of all the above. Um, you know, I think by moving to New York um, and starting school at NYU, that was already the best thing that I could have done because it truly forced me into this new city. I didn't have any friends there. I really didn't know the city. I'd been there, you know, multiple times for work or, you know, appearances or TV or whatever. But I, I really was kind of like this, this little, I guess, fish in the big sea. And that I think to me was really the perfect transitional phase because it just allowed me to dive right in to school, to making new friends, to, you know, different opportunities and experiences and kind of allowing me to just live my life, um, and enjoy it. And, you know, not constantly try to win or not constantly try to compete, um, or be the best. And so I think, that was great. And then also, yes, I, you know, I've always been one to write things down, whether it's my goals, my dreams, you know, a to do list for that day for that week, you know, or even just writing in a journal, like I I love being able, I think I'm more of that kind of person than really talking out, um, you know, my, (laughs) my thoughts and opinions to other people. Um, I feel like I've gotten better at that over the years. But You know, I I always growing up just like kept my emotions and thoughts to myself or, you know, to my journal or paper or whatever. It was a combination of things. And then I think just being able to really just meet new people um, of different walks and different backgrounds and whether it was different sports or industries or, you know, whatever that was, I think that really kind of helped me because it made me kind of realize that, you know, there's there's so many different things out there and and life has so much to offer. And while gymnastics and, and again, like I'm forever grateful for the sport, but it did kind of, it kind of made me live in this bubble for so many years. And I think that it
1: was, it was truly time to kind of step outside of that. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Hi everyone. If you are digging this podcast, please subscribe Rate and review on iTunes. It just takes a moment, and it means a ton to us. Also, after recording more than 100 episodes, I've created a bit of a cheat sheet on the top five things I've learned from renegades and how they get from idea to action, from dreaming to doing. I will email you the downloadable PDF when you subscribe to my newsletter. Just head to amijomartin.com and click on Connect With Me. Given that you're completely um, changing your, your entire lifestyle, and, and this was a huge shift in so many different ways. Was there any worry about losing relevance or, or concern about trying to remain relevant? And I ask because I think oftentimes when we are midway up the ladder or maybe even at the top of the ladder and we decide to move and we're back down at the bottom again, mm-hmm. that there's a, there's a concern that, oh, my gosh, will I be... Relevant? Am I still going to be valuable, you know, in this other area, or or be able to kind of leverage what I have built over here, even though I'm starting over here? Did that come to mind at all? Yeah, that's an interesting question. I mean, I think my answer is
0: like yes and no. Yes, in the sense of I definitely always felt like I wanted to do something to add value to people or, you know, currently the next generation. Um, so I think it was kind of scary just trying to figure out what that might be. That being said, you know, I never, ever did gymnastics, I guess, for, you know, the fame, the money to make a career out of it. I truly loved it because, it was just a passion of mine. It was something that I just loved doing. And so I never really thought all these years later, like 10 years after the Olympics that I, you know, be living the life that I have today. And, you know, I'm, I'm forever thankful for those opportunities and the sport that gave me the life that I have today. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's like a combination. I think, sure, that's like human nature to kind of think that. But I think at the same time, my goals Um, were so clear. um, You know, as soon as I figure out what those goals were, it wasn't really that difficult, I guess, once I established what it what it is that I wanted to do. And I think, again, going to school and going to NYU, that was kind of that next challenge for me because I was used to challenges. You know, I being a competitive gymnast for so many years, it's every single day was kind of a challenge for me. And so, going back to school was a challenge and then graduating school and figuring out what my next step was, was a challenge. And, you know, I, I was very fortunate that I got the opportunity to start commentating and, and working with NBC. And, and that was something that I really wanted to do for so long, but it was also a challenge because it was a new industry that I really had no idea about. I didn't know how to do it. And it was a lot of learning experiences and trial and error and really studying and, and trying to learn this new industry that I was thrown into, yet given the opportunity to be thrown into, I guess.
1: That makes so much sense given that, so you have a certain work ethic, obviously. You're a big gold medalist and and have been competing such from such a very young age that it's almost like all of those skills and that whole package was transferable regardless of what... Uh, you were doing next. You could take it to the next ladder, and you—you you obviously believed in yourself. You had this confidence because you had done this before at such a elite competitive level. So that's—it's that's a really great takeaway. So there are things that are transferable, even if you move your ladder, of course. And I remembering that, you know, for listeners, it's not like you're starting from the, all of that experience you had is going to help you. So let's just change gears a little bit, but kind of along that line and theme of confidence. When someone Googles your name, you know, they, you've done a great job with your personal brand over the last, you know, (laughs) 10 plus years. And also recently, there's been some conversation (laughs) about body shaming and what you've been through with um, being a a public figure and people having their opinions, uh, which Mm -hmm. unfortunately sometimes they can share online. And there was, I think it was in People, they recently, and a lot of other mediums, they recently you know, talked to you about how sometimes, uh, regardless of kind of what spectrum you're at, you've been called too big, too fat for gaining weight after Olympics, all the way to now she's too thin. And it's mm-hmm. just like this, uh, this spectrum of, gosh, what are you supposed to be, right? You can't win. And the, the answer is you just be yourself. But how have you dealt with that? Because it sounds like it was even very recently uh, over the years. And this is relevant to everyone because social media especially is such a pillar in most of our lives that even though some people may not be as public as you are, they're still kind of dealing with this. So what have you learned throughout this process of, of being kind of ridiculed? You know, yeah,
0: I definitely have a love-hate relationship with social media <laughs> because it's it's obviously an amazing way to be able to connect with so many people and kind of have this platform. And, you know, I'm, I'm very thankful that I do have the platform to be able to kind of share um, and hopefully motivate and inspire people that, you know, are following me or that are part of my journey. But at the same time, it definitely gives people that, an instant kind of way to shame you or to bully you or to just be negative and hateful and hurtful. And so, you know, as much as I can like, say it doesn't affect me, I'd be, I'd totally be lying, you know, if I said that. And it it affects me on a daily basis. I mean, at least once a day, I get something negative or hateful, whether that's publicly or through a message or an email or, you know, whatever it is. And it's like, that's, That's really hard because it's, you know, part of me is kind of like, what did I do to deserve that? But at the same time, it's, you know, me understanding that I put myself in this position to kind of live a public life or have this platform or be on social media. It's definitely not easy. And it's something that I work on every single day. And I think what's been helpful is just having the people in my little bubble you know, my parents, my family, my fiance and my closest, you know, my closest friends that are truly the ones that their opinions are the ones that matter to me at the end of the day. And, you know, if they were to kind of tell me, look, like I think you're unhealthy or you need help, something like that, then like obviously I would take that to heart. That being said, everyone's always going to have an opinion. And so I think trying to block out those people on social or, you know, the people that you really don't know is kind of the best way to go again, easier said than done. But I mean, you said it perfectly, you know, at the end of the day, it's, you're living your life for you. Um, not the people on Instagram, on Facebook, Twitter, social media, you know, wherever it is. And as long as you're happy, healthy, then, you know, that's, that's really all that matters. Um, and I think, As soon as you can kind of learn that and understand that, that you're really living your life for yourself, then, you know, the easier it gets. But it never completely goes away or doesn't, you know, completely get to a point where it never affects you. Or at least for me, it doesn't, so.
1: Well, I commend you (laughs) in sharing your thoughts and and speaking out and being willing to talk about this because it's, you know, a lot of celebrities or high-profile individuals tend to just not talk about it. And, mm-hmm. and that's their choice, of course, and, and kind of sweep it under the rug or ignore it. But I think' it's, it's helpful to other people with, with you sharing this. And it seems like you know, it's a theme and uh, you know, people that I interview on this podcast and, and when they're facing the naysayers or the adversity, considering the source is one of the top answers that I hear from them and how they get through. Like you just said, you you look at your close bubble and you say, the people that know me the best that care about me the most. What exactly. do they think? And the rest is the rest. So I'm really interested to, and, and excited to talk a little bit about your app, Grander, mm-hmm. yeah. and how you decided to start this, if you could explain it a little bit. And I have some other questions, but as a kind of you know, a little bit of an explanation. Can you share what you're up to? Yeah, sure. My fiance, so my fiance played hockey. And so, you
0: know, we both really connected and bonded. Well, I guess over numerous things, but, um, you know, specifically in in terms of this, we really just connected and um, kind of had a similar vision, I guess, growing up and, and through our, you know, competitive careers and then also outside of our careers as athletes, but just the importance of having a mentor in your life and whether that, you know, was in sports or for him on the ice or a coach or um, and then, you know, even outside of sports whether it's business or relationships or just, you know, a life mentor, being able to learn from someone that you look up to, that you admire, that you trust. And then I guess, you know, for him, he he has obviously been kind of seeing, um, you know, me travel across the country and the world and, and be able to meet so many young girls and whether it's a clinic or a camp or, You know, an autograph signing, and I I just didn't have. I wish that I could be able to talk to and share and give advice to and inspire all these young girls, like all over the world, but unfortunately, there's only won me in so many hours and minutes in the day and, and year. And so we really brainstormed a lot. And then we, you know, kind of came up with the idea of, you know, creating this app, creating this global community for this next generation of female athletes and, and connecting them to their mentors, to their idols, to experts within their industry. So, you know, we're starting in gymnastics because we really wanted to focus on one vertical and make sure we really nail it down. And, and you know, gymnastics was the obvious one to start in and then we'll really move across the board and in, in different sports. But, you know, it, it doesn't stop at sports. Uh, you know, I think it's so important for me now. I look up to so many female or even just, you know, just male or whatever, but female entrepreneurs and business women and business owners and, Um, you know, people that just inspire me. And I would love to be able to, you know, connect with them and talk to them and, and hear their stories. And, you know, I love listening to podcasts. And, you know, one of my other favorites is how I built this and just listening to all these entrepreneurs and the struggles and the obstacles that they had to go through. that I think we really don't talk about enough, because again, going back to social media, it's what I found is it's, it's really all of us putting our best stuff out there, portraying the life that we want people to think that we live. And that's great and all, but at the same time, I just feel like the obstacles, the, you know, for for an for an athlete, for instance, the injuries, the, the times that you have a mental block, the times that you're afraid of a skill or you don't know how to do something or you don't know how to talk to your coach, you know, those types of things aren't talked about enough. And so I think what we hope is you know we've created this platform where these young girls can come in and and they feel like it's a safe and in um community and environment for them to be able to ask these questions and to be able to talk to their peers into um, their idols and to, you know, their mentors. And, and for us to really build this community where, yes, the mentors are sharing kind of what they did, but also, um, you know, the community is so important. And it's been so cool to just see how many young girls are, you know, creating friendships and helping each other. And that at the end of the day, um, is really what it's all about is is to truly just try to inspire that next generation to not necessarily become the next Olympic gold medalist. Because that's, again, that's not what life is about. But but to truly be confident um, within your own skin, find something that you're passionate about, find a community that supports you, um, and learn how to just be the best version of yourself as possible.
1: It's so cool. I just love the concept and how to me, it feels like you've taken the dynamic and platform of a Bumble or of some of these yeah. other um, highly wildly successful tech platforms and apps and are using it for something completely different. And, and that's awesome innovation within that, that vertical. So it's, it's cool to see you connecting like-minded people, but also the mentor-mentee, which is so important. So what's one lesson that you find yourself having to learn again and again?
0: I think it would be something that my mom actually shared with me when I was a young girl and that was to never quit or give up on a bad day. And for me, I growing up, you know, I had <laughs> I had plenty of bad days in gymnastics and training and, and all of those. And, you know, I remember coming home and telling her I wanted to quit. And she would say, you know, that's totally fine. You can quit, but not today. You have to go back to the gym until you have a good day and then you can quit. Then you can decide, you know, if it is something else that you want to pursue. That's totally fine. You know, they never forced or pressured me into gymnastics it was always something I wanted to do until I had a bad day and then you know she would just always say that you can quit but not today and so I think that you know that truly has stuck with me even outside of sports outside of gymnastics because we're always no matter what it is that we're doing no matter what industry no matter what kind of you know job we're doing or relationships or you know really anything in life we're going to have bad days and it's it's just so important to remind yourself that you can't quit on those bad days. So, I think that's definitely something that I'm constantly reminding myself because I, you know, I go through that all the time now even though I'm not training 7 hours a day. There there are days where I'm frustrated or Um, I feel discouraged or, you know, starting a business isn't always easy and trying to pursue my own personal brand on the side as well. And there's so many, there are so many times where, you know, I I definitely do feel discouraged and I do feel like giving up or quitting or, you know, maybe saying maybe I need to do something else. But at the end of the day, I've, I've realized that those moments typically happen when I feel like I'm having a bad day or, you know, I hit a little bit of a roadblock or, you know, bump in the road or something. And so, um, you know, I just, I remind myself what my mom always told me. And and that's truly kind of what gets me through.
1: I love that advice. I just love it. It's, I haven't really ever heard it put that way, but it makes so much sense. You can quit, but not today, not until you've had a good day. Because yeah, who wants it, to it, quit when they're having a good day? I mean, it makes exactly. total sense. <laughs> yeah.
0: And it's like, you know, when you word it that way, you're just like, oh, well, yeah, duh. <laughs> you know? And so it's, but I think it's, it's really constantly reminding ourselves that because it, it is easy to give up or quit on those bad days. And again, kind of going back to the core of really finding something and doing something that you're so passionate about, because when you do find that, Um, and that might take time, you know, that's not, it might not be the first thing that you do, but when you do finally find that, you know, that passion project or the job that you love so much or the sport that you love so much, it's so important to not give up or quit on those bad days. But when you do have those good days, like, of course you don't want to quit because it's something that you love to do. So again, going back to the core of truly finding something you're passionate about is so important.
1: That's awesome. I kind of apply that to when I go snowboarding, if the last run of the day, which I yeah. I plan to be the last run, isn't good, I will make sure I go back up. Because right. even if the lifts are like, <laughs> <On a> closely, <laughs> yeah, I don't want to end on a bad run. Or I, I think I'm afraid I won't want to come back as quickly or I'll like lose my drive and passion for it or something. Um, well, that's great, great advice. So I have a few rapid-fire questions for you. If you're a game, yeah. And the first is, what's your all-time favorite book? Uh, definitely *The Secret*. Um, I read that
0: about six months before the um, Beijing Olympics, where I won the gold medal. And um, I don't know, just visu- like visualizing, you know, the Law of Attraction. All of that just became so important to me kind of throughout that journey and that process. And so I, I definitely make it an effort every, probably every few years to kind of pick it back up and and read it again. Or, you know, if, if I feel like I kind of need like a refresh, that's kind of been a book that's uh, really helped me throughout my life.
1: It's so good to hear from such an elite athlete that you also spend time and work on the, Oh, the intuition, the energy, the, you know, power of positive thinking, because sometimes I think it can be uh, dismissed, especially with people who you have to be highly analytical and literal when you're doing what you're doing uh, and competing. That's such a big part, that mental side of things. So that's That's really good to hear.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I think especially with, you know, when you're competing at the Olympics or you're on top of, you know, whatever it is that your industry is. I think it truly becomes the battle of, you know, who's mentally the strongest because physically, you know, or with gymnastics, it's like on any given day, anyone could really win the level of difficulty, you know, that I would say the top five athletes in the world are doing is pretty comparable. Sure. Plus or minus a 10th or, you know, here and there. But at the end of the day, it's, you know, the amount of pressure and, um, and nerves that kind of come into place on that day where it matters most is pretty, is pretty huge. And so it's, it's really about, you know, who can, who can make it happen, you know, when it counts on that day.
1: Mm, That makes sense. It's probably why we're seeing so many team professional sports teams and athletes adopt meditation and in, you know, even in the NBA did a deal with the Headspace app and that's, speaking volumes I think when we see those worlds colliding uh so next question what keeps you up at night
0: Ooh, that's a good question um I feel like I always have like so many ideas dreams goals and you know it's, it's figuring out how can I how can I do all of it <laughs> Um, and trying to kind of prioritize and, and not, you know, overwhelm myself too much. And so I think it's really about, um, the next day or the next project or, you know, kind of how I'm going to get everything done and pirates or ninjas, who is tougher and why? Ooh, (laughs) well, this is obviously a little different. I just did American Ninja warrior. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. (laughs) So I, I, am just going to go with ninjas.
1: (laughs) You have yeah, you have every right and license to choose based on that. Yeah, exactly. That's it. that's that's awesome. And also you've done Dancing with the Stars, correct? I did. Yeah, I did. It was uh, so fun.
0: I mean I, I loved um, everything about the show and, and created, you know, lifelong friendships and um, learned how to kind of dance, I guess. And and it was just definitely took me outside my comfort zone at the beginning and, and I think that was Kind of what was awesome about it was being able to, um, you know, do something that I was nervous about and that I had no idea how to do. And, you know, obviously Olympians and gymnasts specifically, you know, do well on the show. So there was a lot of expectations and pressure, but uh, I I definitely loved doing it.
1: That's awesome. And American Ninja Warrior is not easy either. I mean, that's awesome. (laughs) I'm sore for like a solid week after that. Good for you. That's awesome. And final question. What advice would you give to your younger self? I would probably just tell myself to be, um, live
0: more in the moment, um, and enjoy every single day. I feel like when I was younger, I always wanted to kind of speed up kind of every day and every year. Like I remember like being 12 and I wanted to be 13 and then, you know, wanting to be 16 and then 21 and 25. It just like, I, I constantly wanted to speed things up. And and now obviously the older that I get, I'm like, wait, no, can we go back in time? And, um, and so I think really just being more present, um, and enjoying the moment.
1: Mm, that's an awesome piece of advice right there. Well, thank you so much for taking the time with us and sharing your story and all your tips and tricks and lessons. I really appreciate it.
0: Yeah, of course. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed being able to be on
1: your show. Thanks for listening to the show. Hit me up on social media to let me know what you think. I'm at Amy Joe Martin on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. And I want to hear your Why Not Now moments so I can share them on the show. Just send me a note to whynotnow at amyjomartin.com. For show notes and other offers, you can visit amyjomartin.com forward slash whynotnow. And while you're there, don't forget to sign up for my email newsletter for exclusive content and announcements. A big thanks to Rock Salt Music for all of the tunes by the talented John Coggins. And of course, a hat tip to Richard Gruer for editing and producing the show. I'll see you next time. And until then, why not now?